expected to be $85 billion, increasing by about 20% over the revised estimate for 2022-23. Revenue from stamp duty is estimated to be $85 billion, increasing by 27% over the revised estimate for 2022-23. Taking into account the proceeds from issuance of government bonds of about $65 billion in 2023 to 2024, I forecast a deficit of $54.4 billion for 2023 to 2024. Fiscal reserves will also decrease to $762.9 billion, equivalent to 12 months of government expenditure, other taxation issues, new international tax standards. In October 2021, the Organization of Economic Cooperation and Development announced the international tax reform proposals to address base erosion and profit sharing, abbreviated as BEPS 2.0. A global minimum, global minimum effective tax rate of 15% will be introduced on large multinational enterprise MNE groups with global turnover of at least 750 million euros. Hong Kong will implement the global minimum effective tax rate in accordance with international consensus so as to safeguard our taxing rights and maintain the competitiveness of our tax regime. The government has been closely liaising with the trade in this regard while closely monitoring the implementation plan of other jurisdictions. Hong Kong plans to apply the global minimum effective tax rate on these large MNE groups and implement the domestic minimum top-up tax starting from 2025 onwards. It is estimated that this will bring in tax revenue of about $15 billion per year for the government. We will launch a consultation exercise to allow MNE groups to make early preparation. Disposal of equity interests. We will strive to maintain our simple and low-tax regime, the core competitiveness of Hong Kong, with a view to attracting more enterprises and talent to do business or pursue careers in Hong Kong. In this regard, the government will put forward an enhancement proposal in mid-March to provide clearer guidelines on whether onshore gains on disposal of equity interests are subject to tax. The initiative will not only facilitate business expansion and restructuring through disposal of equity interests, but also enhance tax transparency, lower the compliance costs of business increase the competitiveness of Hong Kong's tax regime and enhance the attractiveness of Hong Kong as an international investment and business hub. Medium-range forecasts. The MRF forecasts. The MRF projects, mainly from a macro perspective, the revenue and expenditure as well as financial position of the government. The 2023 for the year 2023 to 24, the real economic growth rate between 3.5% and 5.5% is adopted and therefore 2024 to 25 to 2027 to 2028 is 3.7% per annum. During the above period, the average annual cap capital works expenditure will exceed $100 billion, while the recurrent government expenditure will grow at a rate between 3.3% and 5% per annum. The ratio of total government expenditure to GDP will gradually fall from about 25% for 2023 to 24 to about 22%. Regarding revenue from land premium, the forecast for 2024 to 25 and onwards is mainly based on a 15-year average ratio of revenue from land premium to GDP, which is 3.7% of GDP. I also assume that the growth rate of revenue from profits tax and other taxes will correspond to the economic growth rate in the next few years. Overall, the ratio of government revenue to GDP will gradually increase from about 21% for 2023 to 24 to over 23%. 
In addition, the MRF reflects the proceeds from the annual issuance of government green bonds and infrastructure bonds worth approximately $65 billion in total. I will explain the details a little later. Based on the above assumptions and arrangements, after taking into account proceeds from issuance of bonds and repayments, with the exception of a forecast deficit in 2023 to 24, the consolidated account will turn to a surplus in the coming four years. There will also be a deficit in a capital account from 2023 to 24 to 2026 to 27, which will turn to a surplus in 2027 to 28. As Hong Kong is susceptible to the influence of external political and economic environments, given its fully open and externally oriented economy, government revenues fluctuate rather substantially. The operating account is therefore estimated to record a deficit in 2023 to 24 and 2024 to 25, which will turn to a surplus in the subsequent years. The above forecast has not taken into account any tax rebate or relief measure that the government may implement over the coming four years. Fiscal reserves are estimated at $983.7 billion by the end of March 2028, representing 25.6% of GDP or equivalent to approximately 14 months of government expenditure. Public Finance, Article 107 of the Basic Law. Our economy remains sluggish in the past few years because of the epidemic, resulting in huge fiscal deficits. Some people have raised concerns as to whether the government's fiscal management conforms to the requirement of Article 107 of the Basic Law. Article 107 states that the government should follow the principle of keeping the expenditure within the limits of revenues in drawing up its budget and strive to achieve fiscal balance, avoid deficits and keep the budget commensurate with the growth rate of its gross domestic product. I would like to offer some views here. Hong Kong is a small and open economy with scarce natural resources. It is therefore unavoidable that our economic performance is susceptible to external forces. When the external environment worsens or a natural disaster occurs, the downward pressure on Hong Kong's economy will intensify, which may result in a substantial drop in government revenue. The primary policy objective of the government is striving for the well-being of the people. To this end, we need to launch counter-cyclical measures during economic downturns to stabilize the economy and safeguard people's livelihood so as to relieve the pressure on them. With an increase in expenditure and a decrease in revenue, the government will record a fiscal deficit. In times of an economic upturn, government revenue from tax and other sources, on the contrary, will increase, while the need to increase expenditure will also be less imminent. A surplus will be seen under such circumstances. Therefore, in analyzing the government's financial position, we should look at the entire economic cycle rather than focus on a short-term performance. The government financial position has been volatile over the past two decades or so. Some may consider that the government runs a structural surplus. During economic boom and slips into a structural deficit in times of economic downturn, there are limitations in either one of these conclusions as they are based on observations of short-term performance. In my opinion, it is more appropriate to assess the government's financial position on the basis of economic cycle rather than individual financial year. Since Hong Kong's return to our motherland, we have passed through three economic cycles of varying durations, with the most recent one being the longest, lasting for more than 10 years. Level of fiscal reserves. As, as to the appropriate level of our fiscal reserves, public opinion also varies 
varies. Some people think that the more the better, while others are of the view that the government should not keep excessive social resources, but allocate them to the people in the market as much as possible. And in this way, higher economic efficiency will be achieved. I think that our fiscal reserves have several functions, including, first, as savings for rainy days, that is, keeping a certain amount of savings for use in times of adversities to support our people and enterprises, thereby maintaining social stability. Second, having safeguard financial stability. Third, generating investment returns. These returns from our reserves are one of the important sources of government revenue. The proper use of reserve facilitates the development of our economy and industries. Taking Hong Kong's previous financial position in times of adversity as a reference, I consider that our fiscal reserves are currently maintained at a prudent level. Bond issuance. Through issuance of bonds, the government has been fostering the development of our bond market and attaining other policy objectives such as financial inclusiveness and promoting green and sustainable development. In fact, the government's outstanding debts remain at low level, currently accounting for only 4% of GDP, far lower than most of the other advanced economies. Against this background, Hong Kong should make good use of the room for bond issuance to support an expedited economic development while creating capacity and investing for the future, with a view to enabling early sharing of the fruits of economic development with the public, green bonds. The government green bond program, GGBP, which has won considerable acclaim from international investors since its launch, has become a benchmark for issuance of green bonds in the region. The government will further expand the scope of the GGBP to cover sustainable finance projects. The HKMA will announce the details in due course. Infrastructure bonds. Infrastructure is one of the key areas for sustained economic development and improvement of people's quality of life. I propose the setting up of an infrastructure bond scheme to enable us to better manage the cash flow needs of major infrastructure projects and facilitate the early completion of projects for the good of the economy and people's livelihood so the members of the public can enjoy the benefits early. Meanwhile, we will also explore public participation in bond subscription for our people to develop a sense of participation and a sense of gaining the support for Hong Kong's long-term development projects. I will introduce the relevant proposals to the LESCO in 2023 to 24. Even with further bond issuance in, in future, we will still strive to keep the government debt to GDP ratio at a relatively low level, which is expected to remain below 10% by the end of the MRF period in 2027 to 28. I have to emphasize that we will continue to adhere to the fiscal discipline of keeping expenditure within the limits of revenue. Proceeds from bond issuance will not be used for funding recurrent expenditure. Mr. President, life has not been easy during the past three years and sometimes we might inevitably feel disheartened. With the epidemic now coming to an end, we are free to travel again. Mega events are resuming one after another. I now see many happy faces around. As people start to reconnect with each other and cherish the moments they are spending together, I'm deeply touched by these scenes, which inspire me to come up with the idea of launching the Happy Hong Kong campaign that comprises a wide variety of events. I hope that people can share more joyful moments with their families and friends through participating in these fun-filled activities. Happiness can actually be found just around the corner. Over the past few years, more people have developed an interest in joining fascinating local tours. They have discovered the beauty of our countryside, the elegance of our his historical buildings, as well as a wide range of gourmet food in various districts. Each discovery brings us a happy memory. If only we feel the things around us with our heart, 
we will see that there is so much to treasure in the city. Recently, I have made quite a number of overseas visits and received many visiting guests. It left a deep impression on me that many misconceptions about Hong Kong exist overseas. Often, such misconceptions originate from biased news reporting. After all, interaction between Hong Kong and the outside world has been hindered for more than three years, and many of those living overseas have been prevented from visiting Hong Kong. Henceforth, showcasing the new strength of Hong Kong to the outside world is our top priority. In the midst of complicated and volatile international relations, it is all the more important that we stand firm in explaining the actual situation in Hong Kong and establish new connections and friendships. While we will strain every nerve to get the job done, your concerns and efforts in this regard are also crucial. History has taught us that Hong Kong people can always turn crises into opportunities in turbulent and stormy times and achieve still greater development. Under one country, two systems, Hong Kong's orientation and positioning in the global arena serve a crucial role. In spite of all the trials and tribulations, we still have many friends around the world, both old and new who are always ready to offer us invaluable advice and suggestions. Our country sustains high-quality development and adheres to the strategy of two-way opening up under the principle of reciprocity and mutual benefits. And these, together with our country's staunch and robust support to Hong Kong, enable us to explore new markets and fortune new partnerships in the current international landscape. Under the leadership of the chief executive, the new term government embraces a new paradigm and a new outlook by giving its all with vigor and competence. As stated by President Xi Jinping in his important speech on the 1st of July 2022, the next five years are important for Hong Kong to break new ground and achieve another leap forward. While there are both opportunities and challenges for the future of Hong Kong, opportunities definitely outnumber challenges. On this new journey towards the great rejuvenation of the Chinese nation, Hong Kong has a unique and crucial role to play and an irreplaceable function to perform. I therefore have full confidence in the future of Hong Kong. Hong Kong people, as always, have no fear of challenges. In fact, challenges nurture greater creativity and capability. The story of Hong Kong in the past few decades reveals our success in overcoming one challenge after another and each time scaling new heights. Each and every one of us has a place in Hong Kong's success story. We all need to keep striving for a better future for Hong Kong, contributing to its success. Fellow citizens, members, I can see with certainty that Hong Kong will forge ahead in this new era on a new stage and along a new journey. And that was the financial secretary, uh, Paul Chan, delivering uh, his budget speech there. And uh, let me just give you a, a quick roundup of some of the highlights uh, before we uh, hand you back to Steve James. Uh, so you, you might have heard him just now saying that the, the consolidated uh, deficit was uh, going to come in as around about $140 billion uh, for the current financial year, although uh, a considerable ex improvement uh, would be uh, expected uh, for next year. Um, he started off by saying that... Uh, 
the theme of this year's uh, budget was uh, leaping forward steadily. Um, the economy uh, being at the earliest stage of recovery um, and there was a need to steadily uh, press ahead with uh, various measures to bring about an improvement. Uh, it would be he'd be taking a, a liberal um, economic stance this year, moderately liberal, um, and of course uh, it would be another deficit budget, uh, as we heard um, details of at the end. Um, Mr Chan um, went on to talk about um, continuing risks uh, to the economy from uh, uh, higher uh, interest rates and geopolitical tensions, um, but um, he was expecting that the mainland economy uh, would accelerate uh, this year and the growth in the local uh, economy would be between three and a half and five and a half percent. Inflation estimate was uh, two point nine percent for the year. Um, uh, growth rate from uh, next year, 2024 to 2027, would be around about an average of 3.7%, uh, said uh, Mr Chan. And then he gave us uh, uh, some details about a new campaign. The, um, uh, after Hello Hong Kong comes uh, the Happy Hong Kong campaign, which would be organised uh, in conjunction with the two theme parks, uh, Disneyland and uh, Ocean Park. There'd be a series of activities, including... Uh, uh, food fairs and various um, um, other things to attract um, families and uh, local people and visitors. Uh, there'd be a sea land carnival on the waterfront uh, and uh, that would just be one of many uh, mega events uh, being planned uh, for the year to help to get things going again on consumption vouchers. Uh, $5,000 worth this year compared with 10000 last year. The first 3000 uh, to be dispersed uh, in April. Um, concessions on profits tax and rates for businesses. Uh, personal uh, taxation, uh, salaries tax uh, reduced uh, by up to $6,000. So up to $6,000 off the tax bill. That compares with uh, 10000 of course, uh, uh, last year. Uh, more concessions to, to people receiving the uh, Social Security allowance. Uh, transport subsidies would continue. Uh, ch child allowance uh, up uh, by $10,000 from 120000 to $130,000 uh, per child. Um, various measures Mr Chan announced uh, for attracting talent, uh, uh, attracting uh, businesses to uh, relocate to Hong Kong and to come back to Hong Kong indeed. Um, and also for uh, the green technology finance market, there was quite a lot on that. Um, developing uh, third generation internet, uh, the digital economy, um, support for the, uh, the airport and the airline industry and the maritime industry. Um, also, uh, some help for uh, first-time buyers uh, getting into the property market. Uh, details of that will become uh, apparent uh, a little bit later. And uh, an increase in tobacco tax, among lots of other measures. Anyway, I think that's quite enough from me. Uh, we'll, we'll have uh, a lot more uh, on the budget uh, for the rest of the day. The rest of this week, in fact, um, we'll have a reaction to the budget tomorrow morning on uh, Money Talk and Back Chat. 
and uh, just a reminder that uh, on Friday morning, Mr Chan himself will be uh, coming up to our studios at uh, RTHK uh, for a phone-in programme uh, to take your calls. Uh, we'll be on air with that from 8.30 till 9.30. So please, if you want to put a question directly to the Financial Secretary, Paul Chan, feel free to do so. Uh, details, More details of that will follow. OK, now I'm going to hand you back to uh, Steve James. Happy Hong Kong, eh? I'm in. <laughs> Me too. I'm in. AM, FM and live online. This is Radio 3.